chapter six we are doing. And so what therefore shall we say, shall we continue in sin in order that grace may increase, may it never be, how can we who die to sin still live in it? So what is Paul talking about there? So if um, um, in verse uh, 20, um, Romans 5 verse 20, now that the law came in as a side issue in order that the trespass could increase, but where sin increased, grace was present in greater abundance. So essentially where sin increased, grace much more increased. So Paul is doing, uh, is engaging in this Socratic argument, right? So um, if sin, if God's grace increases by us sinning, shall we sin more so that God's graciousness can be more on display. Paul is actually shooting that down. May it never be. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Understand one thing. Sin is not dead. We are the ones who have died to sin. Sin is finally going to be dead at the great white throne judgment when you know the when satan the antichrist the false prophet all of the fallen angels are judged that will be the death of sin and so this age is a sinful age so sin doesn't die yet we are the one that die to sin and so that's very important and i'm kind of going to be hovering around here because this is where we derive our entire identity from or do you not know that as many as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death so baptism what is baptism baptism is essentially um it's essentially death to one thing and being made alive to another thing. Pagans used to use baptism. It's the idea of one thing in your life is dying and another thing is coming to life. Why is this important? Because in Romans chapter five, remember I discussed about your either in Adam, the first Adam or the second Adam. And in theology, they use the second Adam, of course, is Jesus, but that's more about the function, right, of Jesus. The second Adam, of course, was the one who came to clean up the mess of the first Adam. The second Adam is the one who's finally getting it right, right? And so you're either in one or the other. Remember I said last week, that there's probably been about, I think they estimate about 60 billion people have walked this planet. But 
you're either in the first Adam or the second Adam. Uh, and so what baptism does is essentially it's a death to life in the first Adam and, and essentially becoming alive to the second Adam. And so it's an identity that you have. And why is this important? This is important because, and look what it says, therefore we have been buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so also we may uh, live a new way of life. So clearly there is a brand new identification. It's that identification that stems, that the new life actually stems from, right? It's, it's, it's a, a new way. So there should be a new way of functioning because we are really under new management. We have been translated out of the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of the first Adam, into the kingdom of um, light. And so what is the lie of the enemy in all of, of this? The lie of the enemy really is this, is to, even though that has changed, right? Even though that has changed, the lie of the enemy is to, get you to function as though it hasn't changed. That's what Satan does. So even, even though you now have been given a Ferrari, you're still driving the old Chevy, right? Even though now you are turbo powered, you are functioning like you are using the old air or coal to power you. So what Satan really does, the way that, that Satan kind of gets you to function and so you don't your life doesn't give glory to God. He gets you to function like nothing has really happened. Right? That's really the, the lie. Nothing has really happened. And so if you believe that, where do you put your focus? Just on going to heaven. Just on going to heaven. There are a lot of people who even believe that their eternal life only kicks in when they go to heaven. When do you get eternal life? Well, the Bible tells us when you believe. When you believe. So everything has changed now, right? Everything has changed now. You've been baptized into Christ. That happens when you believe. You now are a totally different person 
right? A totally, totally different person. Now that you have believed, this is why scripture tells us, do not be conformed to this world. You can be conformed to this world mentally and still go to heaven, right? There, there is, there is, there, there is no, it's not the degree of sanctification that takes you to heaven. That would be silly because that would then mean that really you're still getting to heaven on your own works. No, it's, the, it's Christ that takes you to heaven. Look at the thief on the cross. Jesus said, this day you will be with me in paradise. He didn't even have, he didn't have an opportunity to do good works. He got saved as he was dying. He wasn't going to get off the cross and do some good stuff. No. So clearly it's not that, right? This is what we have to believe because once again, it's the lie of you almost need to do something. The difficulty is really in receiving grace in its pure form, right? It really, you really have this power. And when the Bible says that, you were that we were raised by the glory of the father it's talking about that power that was imputed into us we have that power now to live the way that we want to live well according to god's word we have got to and i'm going to say even meditate on this that you are changed. I know we have memory banks, of course. Can't get away from that. Can't get away from what we did yesterday because we have memory banks. We have experiences. Those have informed our thoughts and our feelings. But what we have to understand is our memory banks and our experiences, they are not to inform how we move forward after this reality of being baptized into Christ. This is not a nice notion or a motivational statement. This is reality. It's actually happened. You are a diff, you are different on the inside. Look at Peter. Look, he was the one that denied Christ, but he flipped over. This is a guy who was in prison, was fine about, he was sleeping, didn't know if he was going to be executed. He preached on the day of Pentecost. He was crucified upside down. What is the difference between that Peter that denied Christ and this Ferrari, this turbo-powered Peter, the realization of this new identity. Paul, going from Saul to Paul to destroying the church, a 180-degree turn to being the biggest propagator of the church. What is that? This realization. Really, it's this realization that something 
truly, I changed on the inside. I know with our memories and our thoughts and the way that we are created, I know about the conditioned thinking and our minds get conditioned now in order to be able to function like that later. But I am telling you, we have to reverse all of this now because there's a reality on the inside. And the Bible says in Ephesians 3.20, we can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or imagine. So even though you, we have a lifetime of memories, that is not how we are to function now based on those memories because we are different people. The, the things that powered those memories, right, was the old Adamic nature. This is a new nature. And this is where the enemy kind of traps us in the lie because people do what is familiar to them, right? People will do what is familiar to them. There are people that may buy a new pair of shoes. They will still prefer beautiful shoes. They will still prefer the old worn-in shoes. And it's the same way with our experience, right? We prefer, well, and it's not even we prefer, we are just conditioned to function tomorrow the way we function today. We are conditioned regardless of a new reality. We are conditioned that way. You know what conditioning is? What condition is? Conditioning is just a cognitive shortcut. That is all. You know what a stereotype is? It's, it's a cognitive shortcut. A stereotype is someone, rather than going to the trouble of really learning about someone, learning about a culture, a stereotype is just, boom, cognitive shortcut where you gravitate towards a succinct explanation, whether negative or positive or neutral, about someone that gives you the information. Now, it's just a cognitive shortcut, really. And so I say all of that now because we really do have to uncondition our mind. We really do have to be deliberate in what we do. And so if you say something like, oh, I am an alcoholic, and I know with the 12 set, I'm an alcoholic, but you're really not because you are a new creation. You, old things have passed away. New things have come. How many people, how many times, how many times has anyone ever heard of the Apostle Paul being known of as a murderer? Really, how many people have you heard? When we think, you know, I was in, this, I was in seminary for many years. I never, ever, ever 
heard of the apostle Paul being called a murderer. And I studied the epistles of Paul because that has passed away. How many people have heard of, of who remembers Peter as someone who denied Christ three times? It's like those things happened, but they kind of, they didn't stick because it's not them anymore, right? It is not them anymore because they're new creatures. In fact, even think about it, right? Peter is preaching on the day of Pentecost. Nobody says on that day of Pentecost, were you the one that denied this man you're preaching three times? No, because it's not him anymore. And that's what we have to understand. We identify now with our new nature. So where's the reality? Even though we have all of these memory in our memory banks and all of that, that's not who we are. That is not who we are. Our slate is clean and we are free now to make memories for tomorrow in accordance with our new nature. That's what we have to understand. We have to get away with identifying with the families that we came from. I mean, listen, they are your family and all of that, but you are not subject to those limitations. That's what we have to understand. Yep. You're raised by the glory of the Father, right? So you're raised by that power. You can walk in that power. That's what we are called to do. Fight. Scripture says, Romans 8, verse 11, if the spirit of him that rose Jesus Christ up from the dead dwells in you, which it does if you're a Christian, then that spirit will give life to your mortal bodies. Conversion, I think it's the King James, will quicken, quicken, give life to your mortal body. We have to understand that we are different. Really, that we are different. And I know that the enemy comes to your mind. No, you're not, because he wants you to identify with your experience. And we do have those experiences. There's no, you cannot take away those experiences, but that's not who you are now. And that should be the realization. Because whether you've been water baptized or not, if you are a Christian, water baptism doesn't mean anything. It's the spiritual baptism. If you've been baptized into Christ, which you are, if you are a Christian, then you have a whole new identity and you have to watch that you can no longer identify with that old adamic identity otherwise you will function that way peter who denied christ scripture said 
that Peter, I think it's in uh, Acts chapter 4, was happy to suffer shame for the name of Jesus Christ. Whoa, that's a big, big, big turn around. Really. You've got to tell ourselves we do not identify with the limitations of the past. You know something? Yeah, I have got the scars of what I tried to do to myself, but this is a totally different guy. Really? This is a totally different guy. You've got addictions. Any addiction, you're a different person. That's not who you are. That is your old Adamic nature. That was when you identified with Adam. You are totally, totally different. This is what you have to understand. Right? This is so you now cannot say, no Christian should be saying, oh, I can't do this. I can't do that when we've been told that we can do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or imagine. In fact, scripture says, 2 Corinthians 2, verse 14, thanks be to God that leads us always to triumph in Christ. Right? With man, things are impossible, but with God, all things are possible. And God lives in us. God has empowered us. Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. So if you are in Christ, you cannot be living a, 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 a lack of abundant life when you've been given abundance. And I'm not just talking about uh, abundance in terms of wealth. But I'm talking about abundance in terms of quality of life, joy, peace, all of that stuff, right? Because if we do have the power that's overcome death in us, death is really the greatest enemy. That is the greatest enemy. It's not a flu. It's not poverty. It's, not, it's death. That is the greatest enemy. And if that has been overcome, and if scripture says death, where is your sting? Then clearly, if the sting has been taken out of death, then the sting has been taken out of every other kind of limitation in life. And that's how we've got to act, right? And that's real faith. And real faith is not acting like it doesn't, these things don't exist, but it is acting like these things don't have the final say. 